You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, your host, and with me today is Pam Faden, Senior Editor of Hesperian Foundation. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Today we're going to be discussing probably one of the best-known bestsellers, medically speaking, in the world, and that is Where There Is No Doctor, A Village Health Care Handbook. This particular book has been available for over 25 years and supposedly has had over 3 million uh, editions sold. Can you tell me uh, what's so different about this particular medical reference book? Well, for one, Maury, we would probably not call it a medical reference book. We'd probably call it more broadly a healthcare manual. I think the difference being is that it is not looked at as being a medical book for trained medical personnel but it is for people with all different literacy levels and literally, as the title says, where there is no doctor. This book came together over 30 years ago from the experience of the original author going on a vacation to a small village in Mexico and having people come to him looking for medical advice just because they knew he was a high school biology teacher. And he realized, as a result, that there was a tremendous lack of information and that information could be provided to help people be able to distinguish between common health problems and things that were much more serious or potentially more serious that someone really needed to find a trained healthcare person to get some help for. So who uses it really? This book is used by, oh, a very broad range of people. It's used by the Peace Corps. It's used by the World Health Organization. It's used by Red Cross volunteers around the world, Oxfam volunteers. It's used by villagers, uh, people throughout the world who are in places that they have gotten a hold of this book and been very happy to get it because there is no trained healthcare personnel there, and it will help people figure out how to tell the difference between a rash that's perhaps just a common rash versus a rash that means you're having something serious going on and find the nearest clinic or trained doctor. And I assume it would be used by the villagers themselves. Yes. Does it replace care in any way? Well, it depends on what you mean by care. This book does provide health information in a clear and very graphic fashion to help people treat the most common health problems in their own homes. It does not replace the kind of care that is needed when you have a true medical emergency or when people really don't know what's going on. But this is the kind of book that I'll give you an example. We have a program called our Gratis Program where people make contributions to make sure that books can get sent for free to anybody who writes in for it um, if we have funding in our Gratis Fund to do so. We got a request to send one of our titles on our bookshelf is Where There Is No Dentist. We got a request for such a book, and we sent it out to people in Ethiopia in a remote rural clinic. And this is a clinic... It is a health center, but there is no physician staffing the health center. So there are nurses and there are trained health assistants who are on duty and who provide all of the primary care for their region. There was one health worker who was doing dental extractions, but he was doing them because people were coming in in pain and with obvious abscesses, but this health worker did not know where anesthesia should be given. They did actually have access to needles, syringes, and Novocaine, but he didn't know 
where was the appropriate site for an injection. When they got a copy of this book, they were able to study it, and it gave them the information with pictures where you would give a Novocaine injection to appropriately numb the area to then proceed with an extraction. And the letter that we got then then said, now I give the anesthetic in a good nerve site and use proper extraction materials. I pull correct teeth and without any pain. Now all of the staff have learned how to remove bad teeth, and our patients are much happier. I assume you get a lot of positive feedback from a book like this. Do you ever get any negative feedback that your book led to errors or delay in treatment? No, we don't get those. Just honestly, because I'll say again, these our books are primarily used by people in places where there is minimal or no access to trained healthcare professionals. And that is true in increasingly large areas of the world. And as we know, there's an increasing percentage of our population here in the U.S. that are having less access to trained healthcare personnel just because of our healthcare structure. We believe that the income level, geographic location, or literacy level should not have anything to do with people's right to understand health choices that they should have. And I'm betting, Maury, that you and your audience of healthcare, of trained healthcare practitioners believe that healthcare is a right for everyone, but it's also everyone's responsibility. Taking responsibility for our own health is actually a, a, a major theme of healthcare in the U.S. right now with our increasing problems of obesity and heart disease, diabetes, et cetera, that there is an increase of health information and education and a struggle for people to be more responsible for our own health. For people to be responsible for health, we believe that they need to make informed self-care decisions and choices. And to do that, people need to have access to basic information that is not just proscriptive but actually gives people a background and an understanding of why something is important and not that there is just one choice or if there is only one choice, why that is the choice that is important for them to make. You know, you touched on something that uh, crossed my mind when I read your book. Why isn't this book used in the United States? As you mentioned, I be- and what I've read is that this book was first written in Spanish because it took its origin from um, Mexico, where the, the biology teacher was uh, was living. And as I read it, there were certain issues that came into my practice of internal medicine, such as we certainly know that many people in the United States misinterpret directions on how to take their medicines. Correct. And there's a part of your book that directs their attention to this uh, in a graphic way. Have you, have you heard anything, or have you actually sold this particular publication in the United States? We sell it to a lot of people, Maury, and in fact, it is broadly used here. Again, I'll say we don't discourage the use of any of these books here. We we know that there is a tremendous lack of health care education and health information for our population broadly here. I myself, by training, am, am a community health educator. I have an MPH. I was also, prior to getting that education, I was a direct services paraprofessional health care worker. So that meant I, I worked as a blood drawer and I worked in labs spinning down blood and separating cells. And I was an EKG tech and actually I was an EMT working on an ambulance. That gave me some basic healthcare 
education and information because I had training for all of those jobs. It was training, not education. And to be honest with you, for myself, when I first trained as an EMT, which was back in 1975, my mom, who was looking over my, my shoulder, said to me, wow, that's some of the information we learned in high school. And my mom went to a public high school in New York City. And I don't want to embarrass her by dating her, but let's say it was an awful long time ago. It was in the 30s that my mom was in high school. That was information that used to be part of our public education system here in the U.S. It no longer is. Pretty much people don't have access to that information here. And now we are faced with, I think you are correctly identifying that people, we have access to perhaps a tremendous amount of medications, over-the-counter medications and prescriptive medications from going to our clinics and going to our hospitals and going to our private physicians through our HMOs or our PPOs, but we don't have some basic education to tell us how to appropriately use them or when it's appropriate to to refer to our health care providers for more information if we're not understanding the instructions that we've been given. I, I don't think I've emphasized enough how important the illustrations are in your book. I found them um, very, very helpful, and I could see that the people who are using this book would also find them that way. I'd also like to just touch on there, in, a, in a country in which alternative medicine is rapidly growing, there are certainly alternative methods of medicine that are accepted practices in the various countries that your book is distributed in. You no way uh, discourage them, but how do you separate the good alternative practices from the ones that might be harmful? Well, for one, I don't think that we can do that. Sitting here in the U.S., I don't think that we that we're in a position to tell people what is good and what is harmful. I think what we do do, and I think you might have noticed that there is a section in where there is no doctor, and actually it's an issue that we address in each of the books that we publish and distribute, is that there, that it is important for each person to distinguish between uh, traditional practices which are moving the people towards better health and those which are not making a change in people's health. And that we think that if you, if you offer people the opportunity to say, are you getting better? Can you tell? Here, here are the changes that you're expecting to see. You know, if you have a fever and, you're, you know, and you go to see a traditional healer who's doing a ceremony and singing a song but your fever is not coming down, is that a hint to you that you maybe want to make sure that you're getting to the next to the health center and finding out, for instance, are you dealing with TB or are you dealing with malaria or something that is, for instance, if we're talking about an infant that you're seeing a, a fever that's lasting over a number of, number of days, for instance. I mean, that's just an example. So I don't think we're in a position to list those things that are helpful and those things that are that are not. Um, I think there's enough research in this country, um, as well as in other countries around the world, to understand how important people's beliefs and spirituality is to healing and to good health, that it would not be an appropriate thing for us to list that which is good versus that which is not good. But what we do say is that it is important to recognize when there is ill health if there's not change, and that that's an important thing for people to recognize. We do want to, you know, it's a recognized fact for even people in this country, before anybody will go to a doctor, a majority of people in this country are, number one, going to look for home remedy in their own 
you know, at the pharmacy, at the Walgreens or the Longs or the CVS or whatever pharmacies in your neighborhood, or you're going to look in your own medicine cabinet, or you're going to listen to what your mom or your grandma is telling you about what worked for them in the old days. Secondarily, you're going to go, or people around the world are going to go to a traditional healer, and and they have worked for people for thousands of years. Yet there are very positive things coming from the medicines that have been developed and surgery and much more modern and technical medical practices. It's just, are they available for people? I want to thank Pam Faden, Senior Editor of Hesperian Foundation, the publisher of Where There Is New Doctor, who's been our guest today, and we've been discussing this book, which is used in third-world countries to provide health care when there is no one else available. I am Dr. Maurice Pickard. You've been listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.